Now, if you would take your Bibles tonight and open to the book of Psalms, we'll be in Psalm 27 tonight, and I've titled this message after the beginning line in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light. As I was praying about what to preach and what to study out, the Lord kept directing my heart back to this psalm, thinking about a new year, and thinking about new prospects and new challenges, new commitments, new um, blessings that are coming along the way. I was reminded that, you know, so often we can get distracted along the path of serving the Lord, and it's good to be reminded of this thought in Psalm 27. Actually, there's a group of thoughts, and tonight I'd like to share with you a principle and a promise found from Psalm 27 that talks about renewing our confidence in the Lord, renewing our confidence in the the promise that God is the one, the presence of God is what gives us light, because he is the light. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity to meet together, to be able to think about your words, to be able to talk about your words to be able to listen to the instruction of your words, Lord, to be able to receive light and direction from your words. And I pray tonight that you would help me to speak clearly, to speak in a way that would lift up the meaning that you have for us, to be able to give good application. So thankful for my church family and and thankful for their heart for you. And I think for those of us who are gathered tonight, the majority at least of us would be able to say, Lord, we're we're trusting in you. We're trusting in your light for the next, for this year. We're trusting in you for each step along the path. Lord, would you renew our confidence in your presence? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we've all just stepped across the threshold of a brand new year. And there's a certain combination of anxiety and excitement that comes with the unknown. You know, I was driving last night through some the hills and mountain road and you know it was foggy and praise god it was we had safety it was fine but i was reminded that when you drive through fog it doesn't matter how much light is coming from your headlamps it doesn't do a lot of good if the surroundings are wet and misty right but yet this morning what a difference we walked outside there was the light of the sun and the light of the sun always cancels out the fog. And I was thinking in our lives as believers that there are some times, and maybe I should say many times, where we trust in lights to guide our path, but those lights are not effective in cutting through the fog of fear that is in front of us. Because with every unknown, there is a level of fear. With every unknown, there's some excitement, there's some anxiety. But as believers, we need to return to the promises of God's word. And specifically tonight, I want us to look in Psalm 27. I'm going to read the first two verses and then we'll talk about it here. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, there's this question that the psalmist is asking, and it's intriguing to me that he does not say, of what should I be afraid? 
of what should I fear, but he uses that personality of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Because in David's life, there are many adversaries, were there not? And remember, David was the man who was running for his life from King Saul, and he was in the hold in the cave of Adullam for a time. He was running from the cave to the forest. He was separated from his family. He was separated from everyone that he loved. He was running constantly from a man who was seeking to kill him. And he's writing this psalm, and he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, we need the right perspective in life. And David's perspective was right on target because David's perspective was having the right response to the truth about God. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Now, the truth is, the Lord is light. The Bible says over and over again that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. If you turn with me to John chapter 1 and verse 4, I'm just going to go through these verses quickly for sake of time, but Jesus is referred to as the Word. John chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Jesus is God. All things were made by him. He's the creator. And without him was not anything made that was made. If you remember correctly, God made the world by the power of his spoken word. God spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse number four, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. God is light, but the light that is being spoken about here is not just physical light. It's not just that God created light when he created the world, but God creates spiritual light. God is spiritual light. God is light. But that's not exactly what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. There's a vast difference between saying God is light and understanding that God is the creator. There's a difference in that in saying God is my creator. God is my light. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. That the truth that the Lord is my personal light. Do you have that relationship with God tonight? The God who created light. Can you say the Lord is my light and my salvation? You know, we're talking about having a personal relationship with the God who is light. And therefore, he gives light. And this light is not just light for being able to operate in the physical realm. But it's light for the spiritual realm. It is light for our soul. It is light that emanates from the Spirit because of a relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit of God. And we have here the truth that the Lord is light and the Lord is my light. See, David's light came as a response to the truth of God's Word. And that's another thing. I don't have time to study out all these verses, but if you think about throughout the Bible, there is a principle that Light received equals more light. 
The light rejected equals darkness. And the Bible here, through the, the work, through the, the authorship here of God, writing through his servant David, he said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This is the response of David. He said, If God is my light, then my response should be confidence. My response should not be fear because God's light casts out fear. You know, we understand the concept that light will always conquer darkness. You bring light into a room and darkness cannot overwhelm the light. But instead, it is the light that overcomes the darkness. And the response of David here was, whom shall I fear? Light casts out darkness and fear, and I'm specifically thinking about fear of the unknown, cannot stand up to the light of God or the light of God's word. Now, we'll be talking about the light of God's word and the light of God's presence because Jesus is the word. The Bible talks about him and uses that title, Jesus, the word of God. And God has given us his words. We have the presence of Jesus to give light. We have the words of God, the Bible, that give light. And our response to the truth of God's word should be, if God is light, if God is my light, then whom shall I fear? The emphasis, as I mentioned, is on a person and not a thing, a situation or an experience, not what, but whom. You know, the truth is, the Lord is all-powerful. Do you see that? It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So we have the truth. The Lord is light. The Lord is strength. But again, not just that the Lord is the almighty God, which he is, Jehovah, the self-existent one, but that Jehovah, God, is my strength. Can you say that tonight? Jehovah is my strength. Now, If you have a relationship with the God who created everything, you can say, Jesus, the Lord, is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This is the response to the truth of God's word. Now, this word, to be afraid, is talking about a dread that rises up from within. You know, there are many situations in life that cause us to be afraid far beyond our own reason. You know, I've been in situations in Thailand that have been very fearful because they've been unknown. You know, it's, it's, you know, you look back on situations that are known and you say, that's comical. That's funny. But when you're faced with an unknown situation, it can be very scary. It can be, cause much dread. Now here, David's experience. I want to um, couch this in the background, the experience of David, the author who's writing here. And he says, In verse 2, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Now, David was running from one enemy to the next enemy. And at this time of the psalm, we don't know exactly when the psalm was written, but I would say that it is probably in that time frame where David was running from Saul and he went to Abiathar the priest. And then he left, and Doag was there, and he heard that David was there. He, he witnessed that David was there, and then he explained that to Saul. And then um, Doag actually killed Abiathar. David heard of that, and he kept running and running. 
And he ran one way, and he ran the next way, and he ran to a cave, and his family came down to him in the cave. And then he heard that Saul was after him again. He came from the cave to the forest, and he felt like he was an animal that was constantly being pursued. And he uses some of that verbiage here, and you think about this, he uses this verbiage of a wounded animal that was being hunted. He says, when my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And the picture here is of a wounded animal. Maybe he was thinking of a deer. They're very plentiful in those parts. And he was thinking of this deer that was wounded and was at the point of being consumed by a predator. And he said, that's who I am. I am this deer that's been running and panting at the end of myself, and I'm hiding in a thicket of the forest, hoping that I won't be eaten by a predator. But it says, when they came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. These predators that had the power, that had the ability to quickly consume him, God caused them to stumble and fall. See, these are the past troubles that he's talking about here. And David is recounting these troubles because he's saying, my confidence does not come from myself. Amen. As believers, we have to remind ourselves that our confidence does not come from our abilities or from our resources. Because there are times when God will take away our ability and God will take away our resources. And we will find ourselves like that, that hurt animal in the midst of the forest saying, What can I do next? Suddenly, our situations rise up. People, it seems, are all against us. It says, when the wicked, these are enemies of God in general, but he makes it specific, even mine enemies and my foes. These were enemies that were specifically hunting David. And he was thinking of Saul and his band of soldiers. You know, at this point, David did not have many with him. He felt like he was all alone, but he says, when they came upon me to eat up my flesh like vultures or wolves, what was the outcome? They stumbled and fell. They had no strength or ability. Now, he thinks thinks about his past troubles, but he also thinks about the worst-case scenario. That's how I label it in the next verse. He's looking in the future. He's saying, now, this has already happened, and God has met my need. God has protected me. And I look in the future. He says, though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Now he's been thinking about Dave or Saul, excuse me, David's thinking about Saul and a small band of soldiers hunting him out here and there and everywhere. But now he's thinking about a host. And this word host is talking about an army that has pitched themselves, that is prepared for battle. And I, I think David's mind is racing ahead. And he's thinking, what is the worst case scenario here? He said, what if Saul brings the whole army against me? He says, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Tonight we're talking about how to renew our confidence in the Lord. We renew our confidence in the Lord by remembering that the Lord himself is our light. Not anything about what I do is the confidence that I bring to my spiritual walk. But it is all about the light of God through his presence, through his word. We have future calamities here, not just past troubles, but future calamities. And these were much worse than what David had previously experienced. He'd previously experienced small skirmishes, as it were, but now he's thinking about the full-fledged assault of battle. And his response was this, my heart shall not fear. 
He's, he thinks of the truth about God, and it conquers the fear of the unknown. He's thinking about two different situations here. First of all, we call the situation A, though in host, an army or a multitude of enemies should encamp against me. That is, to pitch their tents and prepare for battle. He's picturing this in his mind. He says, my heart shall not fear. Or situation B, though war, and this, this thought about war is declared war between nations. This is even a larger scale front that he's thinking about, should rise against me. Can you imagine that? That nations would be against you? I mean, it's one thing to have one or two enemies that you have to avoid. But can you imagine running between nations? I mean, there are people in this world that are caught between nations. And it's a very difficult situation. But here David says that's what it feels like. Though nations should rise against me, in this will I be confident. What could David be confident in in that situation? Definitely not his own strength or his ability, but it says here, in this will I be confident. We go back to verse 1, the Lord is my light. This was David's confidence that the Lord was his light. It was God's presence that gave him light. And I, was, I want you to think about this principle to remember, that the Lord is your light. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can say, the Lord is my light. But I want us to remember tonight, let me challenge you to remember this thought that it's very easy to think that we can replace the light of the Lord's presence with another light that comes from ourself or from the wisdom of men. And that light that is not the Lord's light will not give confidence. But that light will, in fact, be like the headlamps in the fog. It will, it, it will actually emphasize or exaggerate the confusion that we have. And I've seen that over and over in my light in fearful times and anxious times of reaching for some sort of light. Maybe it's something that I can do, something that I know, something that someone said, and actually having more confusion and more difficulty until I remember, wait a minute, this is not the light of God. Amen. The light of God is the only light that can cut through the fog confusion. I was thinking about this. If we could have other lights instead of the light of God, what would that be like? How could we picture that? And I was thinking that often as a believer, you know, we should ask ourselves the question, what is my light? What am I trusting in when the dark times come? You know, there are times as a believer we might trust in what I call twilight, what is twilight? Twilight is partial light. It is a waning light. It is a light that comes when daylight has ended and the, the sun is going down. We think about this, if the light of God is his presence in our lives and it is the word of God that we are actively following, you know, there are times for a believer we, we may be trusting in our past experience or trusting in a time where we heard from the Lord in the past and trying to operate today in limited light from the past. You know, if we do that, if we operate in twilight, then we are operating on living on a faded truth from the past. And the Bible says that is not enough to give us confidence for today. 
to move forward. I found this to be very true in my life, that there are some times where I get busy and I say, oh, you know, for today it's hard to spend as much time as I should with the Lord and I'll just use a truth that I learned last week or yesterday and that'll give me enough light. And wouldn't you know, it's not very long in the day where I hit that fog and I wonder, well, what is... This is very confusing. I thought I had what I needed for today. And God has to remind me, go back to the light. Go back to a time today with Jesus Christ. Get alone with Jesus Christ because the Lord is my light. It's not light from the past. God does not expect us to operate as a believer in partial light. He wants us to be living in the light every day. The light of his word. In the same the same analogy here. We have twilight. We have moonlight. Now, what is moonlight? After the, the sun sets, as we experience it, the sun is still shining. It's reflecting off the moon. Now, we can operate in our Christian life with reflected light, and I would liken this to living by another's faith or discernment. Right. And this happens. This is something that easily takes place in an assembly of believers because we can share from the faith of someone else. And that's a good thing, but we also must have our daily time with the Lord in order to have personal light, to have personal confidence. Because what happens when you get out of the assembly? What happens when you're operating in a place where you don't have your brothers and sisters in Christ around? Well, then you can easily fall into confusion and anxiety and be overwhelmed unless you have the personal light of God with you to give direction. And I think of that as daylight. Okay, there's a big difference between Thai, or yeah, I'm thinking of Thailand, twilight and moonlight and daylight, right? This morning we had daylight. There was no fog because the sunshine kills the fog. It's the best, that's a simple way to describe it. But. So, you know, there is another kind of light that is common. For this analogy, I'll just call this flashlight or man centered light. Now, I was going to use the illustration of one of those little key light LEDs. I don't know. Does anyone still have one of those? I, I've not seen those for years. But what do we do now? We take out our smartphone, and we, we you know, if, if you're lazy, you don't even have to flip on the flashlight. You can just try to get, like, your mail app or something to open up. If you have a light, light theme, you know, so you can just kind of, like, shine it. You're like, ah, that's enough light. Yeah, I can, I can get through this until you bang into some furniture trip over something. You know, the flashlight gives light, but it's nowhere near as effective as daylight. Because daylight, in this analogy, is God's presence and God's word. And a flashlight is man-centered wisdom. If you're operating your life tonight on the wisdom of men, when you get into difficult times, that light will only emphasize the confusion that comes from a man-centered way of life. And you will never be able to get through that confusion until you return to the light of God's word. You will never have confidence apart from the presence of Jesus Christ and the words of Jesus Christ. And that's why I want to encourage you tonight, if you say, I, I'm not quite sure where I stand with this thought of the Lord is my light. I, I believe that there is light to be found in God, 
but I can't say the Lord is my light. I feel like I'm operating in confusion. Let me encourage you to seek the Lord, to seek the face of the Lord, because that is what David is talking about here. He says that his desire, we talk about this principle to remember, the Lord is my light. But in verse number four, we also want to talk about the desire of David and what did he do in order to have that confidence. It says number, verse number four, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now, if you desire something, that means you don't have it yet. Now, David was, he was separated from the temple. He was separated from his family and his friends as he's writing this. And he's saying, my desire is that I would be able to be back in that place of daily communion with the Lord in the house of the Lord. And one of the blessings of being back here at LVBC for two months is just what I'd call the washing of the water of the word of God. Just being in continuous, solid preaching. That's, you know, we do our best to, to listen to preaching, to keep up with sermons from afar, but there's nothing like being in the assembly, right? Just to let the word of God wash over you and to hear that good, solid preaching. And we appreciate that so much. And we appreciate the fellowship that comes as we interact with one another. And you're all talking about following the Lord and seeking the Lord. And, and David's saying here, I desire to have that fellowship with God, that that first thing in my life, that one desire to seek after being in the house of the Lord. And, you know, here, his thought of being in the house of the Lord, he was talking about having personal fellowship with God all the days of his life. And look at what he was longing for. It says, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now, I was thinking about that theme of worship, pastor was talking about that this morning, that we are designed to be worshipers of God. God has designed us to worship him. And that is the one thing that sometimes we rushed past in our time with the Lord, is it not? That we do not spend a long time worshiping God. That's something the Lord has challenged me in this new year, is to spend more dedicated time just worshiping God just to be able to get alone with God's face and say, God, I'm here just to bow before you and to worship you, to think about your attributes, to lift up your name, and I don't have any other agenda right now. And when we worship the Lord, it causes us to seek the face of the Lord. Worshiping the Lord is seeking the face of the Lord because it's thinking about him. It's lifting up his name, his attributes. And the psalmist also says to inquire in his temple. God wants to hear from us. God wants us to ask, to bring our petitions before him. And when we seek the face of God, what we find is that we understand more about what God is doing. We understand more about what God wants us to ask for. But apart from seeking God's face... We're often asking amiss, and we're often just throwing out problems in our life in hopes that God will hear us. Now, here, the the psalmist says he has confidence because the Lord is is his light, and he talks about his desire. We're going to go through these next few verses rather quickly, but he has a desire to be in the temple of God, to return to that place of daily communion. Verse number five, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me 
in his pavilion. He's thinking about God's deliverance. The time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. That word pavilion is talking about a thicket or a lair, a place of safety. There's even the concept that in battle, the king had his own pavilion that was surrounded by soldiers. It was the safest place to be. And that place of safety was to be with God. In that time of trouble. So for the believer, God does not remove us from trouble, but he places himself around us, so to speak, and he places himself under us as the rock, and he places us in the tower of his presence so that we would be above the trouble. And God is the deliverer. And I was thinking about this, that, again, verse number one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? God is the one who delivers us from trouble by being with us in trouble. That is the deliverance of God. And we see that David's praise comes from this truth. His response to truth leads to his praise in verse 6. He says, And now shall my head... Oops. Did I, I don't know if I all went all the way through 5. Let's read that again. For the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion... In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And again, I believe David is thinking about the animals and those that were able to flee from a predator by climbing up onto the cliff. Because that's the word that's used here for the rock. It's be able to escape trouble, to be above trouble. And David says, this is what God does. When I draw close to God, when I seek after God, when God is my light and my deliverer, He sets me above the trouble. Even though I'm in the trouble, I'm now in a position in my relationship with the Lord, my fellowship with the Lord, where I feel like I am above the trouble. And I'm looking down now in this place of of safety, and God has lifted my head above mine enemies. In verse 6, And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy, I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. How do you sing praises to the Lord when you're in the midst of trouble, when your heart is overwhelmed with anxiety? Well, we need to follow what David did and to be able to return to the presence of God, to be able to return to the truth about God, to be able to worship God and to see God lead our hearts into an attitude of praise. So we see this prayer here in verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, Have mercy also upon me and answer me. In verse 8, When thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. I love that, that phrase. Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Because David is saying, You know what, God? I'm not in control of anything here. But when you tell me through your word to seek after you, I'm saying, God, I'm there. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to make you Lord. I'm going to put you in the proper place. In my life. And that word Lord is saying Jehovah, the self existent one, the God who is light, the God who is almighty. I'm going to place you in that proper place and I am going to seek after you. David pursued after a close relationship with God and he made God's desire his desire. Amen. You know, I believe, I truly believe that when I get overwhelmed with anxiety in my life, that my priorities and my desires are out of sync with God's priority and God's desire. 
Because when I see things the way that God sees them, then everything's okay. But the only way I can see things the way that God sees them is by drawing close to God through his word. And it's by specifically placing myself in a place of peaceful worship before the Lord that God can cause peace to reign to the point of praise in my heart. And so you think about David's pursuit here in verse 8. When thou said, seeking my face, my heart said unto thy face, Lord, will I seek. David pursued after a close relationship with God. He made God's desire his desire. So let's get this down to application here. I said there was a principle to remember and there's a promise to keep. And that promise is to seek the face of God and you will have the confidence of his light. That's a simple promise, but it's a promise that we need to hold on to in this new year. Seek the face of God. What does it mean to seek the face of God? You know, Pastor preached a tremendous series about this, I believe about a full year ago. But it means total dependence upon the Lord. And we go back to verse number one, the Lord is my light. If you put anything else in the place of the light of God's presence in your light, you will not have the confidence of the Lord. It's not trusting in any other light than the light of his word, than the light of God's truth. Now, every day I have to remind myself, don't trust in my own thinking. Don't trust even in the advice of those closest to me. Trust in the word of God. But also, this total dependence upon God, saying the Lord is my light, is not trusting in any other deliverance than the salvation of God's hand. Because there are many man-made ways to deliver myself from trouble. You know, sometimes we, we cling to money or relationships to get us out of a bind, and then we find out later on that it didn't help. We just get, went from the frying pan, as it were, into the fire until we turn to God. Total dependence upon God also means complete surrender to his lordship. As, as I mentioned before, when David said in verse number 8, he says, My heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. And I really think it's important, the wording here. You know, every word of God is pure. And it says, my heart said. You know, there's sometimes where our mind says, yes, God, I know you can work peace. Yes, Lord, I will, I will do what you say. But when our heart comes to that agreement with our mind and we're able to rest ourselves and say, yes, thy face, Lord, will I seek. As Jesus taught his disciples to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's being able to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, God, I'm here before you, and the only thing that matters right now is I'm here to worship you and to make you Lord, and we'll, we'll just let you figure out the rest. We'll let you unravel the confusion. Because again, the Lord is my light. If I have any other means in my disposal, to cut through the confusion of anxiety and fear in my life, I usually will resort to those first. But when I realize that the Lord is my light, that the Lord is like the sun, the daylight, that cuts through the fog of confusion, then I realize, okay, God, I'm before you. You will do this work. Now, to seek the face of God also means repentance from fleshly pursuits. And he, he says here, when thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. 
Repentance from fleshly pursuits, turning away from the lusts of the flesh. You know, again, we are often following after the things that are not God's desires, and those lead us into confusion. Because, you know, if you're following after the desires of your heart, but you're also at the same time praying, Lord, would you show me your will? Lord, would you just show me what I should do next? It's going to be confusing. Because everything that God tries to speak with you will be counter to what you desire. And you'll have this conflict. It's happened to me many times, this conflict. Well, what is true? Is it this or is it that? Is it A or is it B? Until we come to surrender before the Lord and we say, Lord, I'm seeking after you. And then to seek the face of God means quality time spent in his presence. To dwell in the house of the Lord, you know, that goes far beyond just saying, I want to be in church every time the doors are open. But it's saying, Lord, I want to seek after you. I need light every day. Lord, I need you. I will seek your face today. And specifically to learn of him, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I'm going back to verse number four to, to draw out these truths. And I want to encourage you tonight as we wrap this up to renew your confidence in the Lord. I believe as I, as I look out on this crowd tonight that we would say together as members of Lehigh Valley Baptist Church, I'm specifically preaching tonight to the members here, and I'm saying if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we need to make sure that he is our light in this new year. Amen. We need to renew our confidence in the light of the presence and the word of God. And when our desires match the desires of God, then we will have light for our path and confidence to take the next step. You know, seeking the light will cause us to be able to give light to others. And I want us to just jump down to verses 13 and 14 as we close this passage out. There's a lot more here that you can study out, and I will encourage you to do that. Verse 13 says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. You know, there are, there are three actions I see here. He says, wait on the Lord. That is the action of humbling ourselves and looking and listening and learning of God. But also the action of be of good courage. I thought this is interesting because be of good courage comes before he shall strengthen thine heart. And I think I often get that flipped around in my mind. Okay, when my heart is at rest, my heart knows what's going to happen, then I can be courageous. But here it says, be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. So what does that mean? I believe it goes right back to verse number four. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. When we seek after God, when we are courageous, and we say, I'm going to the one who is my light, because that's where my confidence is found. That action of courage in the face of anxiety causes God to strengthen thine heart. Because how is David strengthened? His whole response here of praise comes from responding correctly to the truth about God. And I was thinking this year in Thailand... I want to spend more time in preaching about the attributes of God. Because so often we think about God in a way that is not in alignment with his word. 
And would you pray for us this year that we would be faithful to lift up God in a land of darkness, but also that the believers there in that mission church, that they would be strengthened, that they would be faithful to amplify the light of God's word through their testimony, through their example. We're excited about returning. We're excited about what God has before us. I'm thankful for the faithfulness of the members while we've been away. We have a lot of good contacts with people that have been reached over the Christmas holiday, and that's just a blessing of the Lord. And so as we go back, I ask you to pray for faithfulness. I ask that you would help us to lift up our eyes, that we would be able to see things the way God sees, and also that as you think about our family, would you, would you pray that Ann and I would seek the light of God's presence daily and be able to walk and to follow after his desires. And I think that if we will set that before us, if we will have that focus with your prayers, then, then God can do what seems impossible.